Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Wednesday, January 20th, 2021. I am Andrew Hansen alongside Joe Sarvati, who is affectionately known as Coach. Happy Inauguration Day, everybody. And Coach, coming off another night where we had two winning lineups on FanDuel that we gave out in the cash games. But the question is, are you ready to start a, a new era here on Inauguration Day of even bigger and better wins at DFS Coach Talk? I sure am, man. I am I am motivated, uh, and I'm excited. We've had a bunch of new members coming in, too, and it's it's just a blast. But, I, you know, the, the thing that motivates me the most is, and, and again, we never talk anything political, and I'm not talking about party affiliation, nothing like that, but... You know, we I just got done watching the inauguration and it's just so uplifting. I mean, I my message real quickly to everybody here and I, you know, I get to do this because I'm an old coach and old teacher and I was political science major and taught government and political science and, you know, just following through history and I've never missed voting. I just I take it seriously. And I think the message today was that after everything we've been through and are still going through with the pandemic and civil unrest and everything is we can't take America, which we feel is bulletproof, and our democracy and take any of it for granted. You know, it's not just a privilege it's handed to us. We have to work on it every day, be, you know, united. And watching that inauguration, the speakers, the singers, everything else, just I'm, pr I'm so proud to be an American and we live in the best country in the world. And, you know, I hope that everything that's taken place uh, really unites everybody and we get moving in this, the right direction and in the same direction. And, um, you know, that'll sure make it a lot uh, more of a, a, a comfortable, you know, wonderful America that we can leave to our children and our children's children. So just wanted to, to mention that, I, you know, I was very touched uh, again, just by the fact that, you know, Let's remember what this is all about and, and go from there. So to tie that back into Coach Talk, yes, I feel very uh, rejuvenated, excited. We've had some hot uh, uh, lineups we've put out, and we feel we're hitting our stride. And today, 10-gamer, you know me, anything double digits, I'm ecstatic. I, more games, the better. So I'm excited to get after it, Andrew. Yeah, well, well said. And I want to add, too, that I – the thing that jumped out at me in that ceremony was that poem by Amanda Gorman. I thought that was tremendous. Amazing. And the, and the line that I really liked was, history has its eyes on us. And I think that's true for us as a society. And again, to tie it back to DFS, that's really what it's all about here, isn't it, Coach? I mean, that's what we do every day is look forward at what we think will happen. We project it. And so history has its eyes on us for, for DFS purposes as well. So we are going to continue to try and help folks build lineups and, and approach the slate uh, the same way, which is with intensity and focus and be ready to adjust at the last minute with, with the news. So let's get into it like we always do, game by game. There are yes. 10 on the slate, like you said. Only one team in a back-to-back, -back, that's Golden State. They're on a front end. And only one total over 230 today on BetUS. That's also the Golden State game. So, yes. uh, let's and get going. And we're going to finish with the two brains are better than That's one right. GPP lineup on FanDuel. So, we're going to get through this. We're going to have to go, you know, just a smidgen faster. But we're not going to leave anything important out. But 
Let's get after it. Okay, game one. Brooklyn at Cleveland. Yes. And this is a 7 o'clock tip on the East Coast, 222.5 total. Nets favored by 10. It looks like Kyrie will play. He'll be back in the lineup. So we'll get Kyrie, Harden, and Durant. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. On the Cleveland side, Delavadova still out. Porter Jr. looks like he's on his way out of town after an outburst. He's not just out. He's out, out. Right. (laughs) And then big question marks for Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. So, Coach, get us going here with game one. Well, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. For me, there's a little bit of trepidation on this whole three gigantic superstars with Irving Durant and Harden and how it's all going to pan out. Can any of them make value? Who's, you know, how are they going to share the ball? Um, there are so many great payups here that I am going to, my first recommendation is probably the boldest is I'm not going to play any of the three guys as awesome as Harden and Duran have been. I just, I think two things that concern me here, blowout, which they certainly could just kill the Cavaliers. And secondly, I need to see how the flow is going to go here. Who's going to be more ball dominant and how that rotation is going to work. Because if they move two in at any one time and one sits, I, I just, you know, we need to see that flow before I can afford to pay up for anybody. So that's, that's my situation there. You know, the other thing is defensively Brooklyn's 18th, but they're getting better. Cleveland's second. So they're not going to exactly, uh, you know, just open the barn doors. It's going to be, you know, 140 to whatever, uh, you know, they're going to slow it down, try to defend and do some things well. Uh, and they also are the 28th ace team in the league. So, again, you know, it's not a good matchup for Brooklyn as far as blowing the doors in on a big number. Um, Brooklyn is fifth in pace. Uh, we'll see how that goes now that Harden's there. We know when he has the ball, there's going to be at least 15 to 16 dribbles, uh, which does choose some of that clock. So, a lot of unknown with Brooklyn makes me shy away from it. Uh, the 222 and a half total is pretty solid, but I just, you know, Brooklyn being a double digit favorite, I'm not crazy about it. Now, I will say, um, I do think that from Cleveland's side, you have to look at one specific thing as follow the news. If Garland and Sexton play or, or are out, it affects their whole rotation and it brings other players into play. Um, I think that, you know, that scenario is something you have to watch because there are some good value plays if that happens. And the only consideration for me, believe it or not, in this game, uh, you know, is, is just looking at that value depending on the guard rotation. I don't like the fact that, uh, Drummond now also has, uh, Josh Allen, who's playing against Brooklyn. So, Jared Allen, yep. or Jared Allen. I always call yep. him Josh Allen because of football. Um, but anyway, the uh, those two guys, you know, I don't know. How are they going to play together? Again, we don't know. You know, Allen's certainly going to want to show up his old team. I don't know if he'll get enough minutes. And they've also been playing uh, our man McGee, the third center. So, you know, this game is terrifying. The total uh, the is is not, you know, phenomenal. It's just the road, and the blowout potential is there. So I say all of that, Andrew, 
uh, to say that I'll probably end up passing this game. But the reason I wanted to go into it a little bit is I think it's going to get a ton of ownership. Well, I'm going to uh, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to fade those three big studs. And okay. I heard a really interesting stat last night on SportsCenter. I caught it for a few minutes. In the last 10 years, the guys with the highest usage rate in the last five to six <clears throat> minutes of a close game, clutch time, okay, the five biggest usage guys in the NBA. I want to, we're going to do a little mini quiz here. Uh -oh. Okay. So in the last 10 years, those guys have been Irving, Durant, and Harden. So all three of the guys on this team, and Not then two others, two other stars in the NBA. I'm going to quiz you on that. Oh, my God. I would have guessed those three for sure. Two other stars in the NBA down the stretch. How about Kawhi Leonard? Nope. Wow. Dame Lillard? Nope. Well, those are fine guesses, if you those ask are, me. I like Dame. I like the guess there. All right. Well, just you can tell us. I lost. So LeBron? LeBron? Oh, okay. Of course. And then uh, Russell Westbrook. Ah, Okay. Is, he's the guy in that list that I'd rather not be on that list if I'm the no, coach. Especially if he's going to shoot the three. Exactly. <laughs> right. So uh, for that reason and the reasons you mentioned, I'm not going to pay these price tags. I'm going to see how it all plays out, especially in a game that they could win by 20 and, and not have to play in the fourth quarter. But here's the funny thing for me. Yeah. We're talking NBA here. And if any time you get a chance to pick Jordan over Harden, Durant, and Irving. You have to think about it. And I'm going to do that today. It's DeAndre Jordan, not Michael. Oh. But DeAndre is my value play from this game. 4,800 on FanDuel. And in that game against Milwaukee, he looked like a man possessed. He was good. Uh, he was just ripping down the rim on those lobs from Harden. Uh, talk about a guy who's fired up with Jared Allen gone now. He's got his starting rollback. So... He's got to be out there to deal with Drummond and Allen, and I, I like that price tag. So he's the only guy I like on Brooklyn. On the you know, I want side. to mention something real quickly there, uh, again, not to get way off base, but just to, to let our listeners know so we can keep an eye on it. I've seen several rumors in the last three days uh, that Brooklyn is trying to pick up a backup center. Uh, some of the guys that had been released, you know, we, we ch uh, chatted a bit about it. So I think there's going to be a move coming there where they'll get somebody, you know, like a, a Dwayne Dedman or someone that's available to be a decent backup center and get uh, minutes. This Reggie Perry's not going to cut it. And I, I agree with you in the sense that until that happens, uh, Jordan, I mean, he's going to be getting lobs from all those guys. So, uh, yeah, he's he's certainly got to be in, uh, uh, a possibility. It's just so hard to take that center spot when you have, you know, 10 centers that are fantastic. Uh, you know, with Jordan there. So I get it. The other guy for Cleveland that you could look at, again, news dependent, if Garland and Sexton are both out, you could go with Dotson in a GPP or Osman. He's 5,900 as a small forward on FanDuel. And one of the themes for me on this slate today is that there's a lot of small forwards in that price range that are going to be hard to choose from for me. He's at the high end of the list, so I'm un unlikely to go there. But I just wanted to mention him. So we'll follow the news on that. I got a quick quiz for you. Who leads okay. the league right now for this season in total steals and also average steals per game? Total steals. And average steals per game. The same guy. Hmm. 
I'm not it, sure. It's it's Larry Nance. How's no that for shocking statistics? So I you know I I say that to to say he's certainly in play here. I mean his minutes at power forward have been very secure. He leads the league in steals. He gets blocks. He's been scoring. He might not be a bad little sneaky play at very low ownership. Yeah, I mean there there are a number of power forwards I like as well. So that would be GPP only for me to to pay up for him. All right, Coach, game two. We've okay, got your match. Just, just dismiss my Nance love like that. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ten, ten game slate. Um, he's just not not circling him today. I, have I love that stat, though. by the way, just as a, a weird note that just is going to continue to slow down our 10-game slate and our Jeez. two brains are better than one. <laughs> wow. Get a, get a pillow and, and, a, and a warm coffee. Oh We're going to be here. <laughs> All right. Let's crank it up here. Let's get on the fast break with the Mavericks and Pacers in Indiana. 218.5 total. Mavs favored by one. We still have Kleba, Powell, and DFS out for the Mavericks. THJ is probable with a groin coming off an 0 for 12 shooting performance. Ouch. Yes. On the Pacers side, possibly my favorite injury news all season. Miles Turner is questionable with a broken right hand. It's a, a minor fracture that he sustained within the last week, and he is questionable to play. He, so he might be out there with a broken right hand as a right-handed player, monster He's shot blocker. Yeah. Uh, so very interesting. That's a, that is a big piece of news. Jakar Sampson is also questionable. So we have potentially a wide-open spot for the bigs with Indiana. Uh if those guys are both out, then the Pacers might start Doug McDermott again. And on Fandle, he's only 3,800 as a power forward. Three out of the last four games, he's given a 6x return on DraftKings. Wow. So he's been under, pretty solid. Under the radar, yeah. Um, so we got we to gotta watch that news. I'm not really thrilled about any of the other price tags on Indiana. But why I'm more interested in that news is because I'm thinking about Porzingis on the other side. And if... Doug McDermott is out there with Sabonis trying to deal with Porzingis and Willie Cauley-Stein. I think Porzingis is in a pretty good spot here. And I like his price tag, under 8K on both sites, coming off 32 minutes. So uh, it's Porzingis, for me, is, is my favorite target here. Don't think I'm going to pay up for Luka. There's a lot of cheaper point guards that I like. Uh, so that's about it. Brunson is a, is a nice value, potentially on FanDuel if he starts again at under 4,000. What are your thoughts here? Well, it's the lowest, uh, second lowest total on the board, 218 and a half, and both teams defend. Dallas 6th, Indiana 10th. Neither one is a huge pace. Dallas 22nd, Indiana right in the middle of the road at 15. Um, there are some, some uh, a few guys I like in this game, but I, there's a lot of fades that, that I don't want any part of as well. Um, it is a one-point uh, favoritism for Dallas, which is shocking to me. Dallas has lost two in a row, played really bad, and uh, it's at Indiana. So I'm very surprised they're favorites in this game. The what I what I will say is, <clears throat> I'm going to give one of my foundational pay players from this game that will be in every single one of my lineups. I bet you you can guess who it is because you know me. Sabonis. It's Sabonis. Dallas has trouble guarding inside. And here's my prediction. I think if Turner sits, again, we need the news. If Turner sits, 
Indiana will play a lot of Sabonis at center, which means Cauley Stein will ride the pine a lot. Porzingis will move to the five and Dallas will play small ball, which I mean, I guess it's small ball. Porzingis is seven, three, but you know, I think that that rotation, you know, creates a situation where I don't want to take Stein. Now, Luca too expensive for, you know, uh, what he's doing right now could obviously blow up at any time. You, you know, I'm really proud. Last game was Brunson's first game back. I had him in every, uh, on every lineup, and I think he was 9x, if I'm not mistaken. It was something big. Uh, and, you know, I think that you got to consider him again. He's going to get big minutes. Um, you know, Hardaway and Burke are can be in play on days. I don't see it here. Um, Porzingis is expensive, but he's taking a much bigger role. But this is his third game in five days. And I just don't think we're going to see 35 minutes out of him yet at all. I think the 28 to 30 is still in play, which with such a great amount of good power forwards, uh, I'm not going to go there. So for for me, I'm going to come out of this game strictly with Sabonis as being a foundational guy uh, and take a little glance at Jalen Brunson. Um, I like Brogdon, but his price is just asinine right now. And I don't want to pay that far up for him uh, in this type of situation where Dallas's defense has been pretty solid all year. So that's it for me. Okay, quick question on the rotation there for Dallas. Yes. If Turner's out and Dallas can have a size advantage with Cauley Stein and Porzingis out there and they can use Cauley Stein to defend Sabonis and get Porzingis against somebody like McDermott, you don't think Dallas would go with that rotation? You think they would just adjust based on Indiana and go smaller? I think what you'll see, and I feel pretty confident about it, is Cauley Stein will be the short stick, and you'll see James Johnson grab a bunch of minutes. Because by playing Johnson and Porzingis up against Sabonis and whoever the power forward is, they'll still have some of that size advantage, but they need uh, Johnson to guard Sabonis. Uh, and Johnson's been playing well. I think he'll get 30 minutes in this game. Uh, but, you know, he's and, and if you look at his his DFS numbers, he's been smashing, you know, but he throws in that that dog game every once in a while. And it scares you on a 10 game slate to put him in there. And then all of a sudden he pulls one of his 13 DFS points. Now he's gone thir- in the 30s, uh, four out of the last five, I believe, and is, you know, if you want to take a shot, he's a GPP kind of play, and I'm a cash player, but I think that's how that rotation will work. Okay. Game three, Boston at Philly. Um, Boston coming off a 30-point loss to the Knicks. Ugly, yeah. On Sunday, and Philly's been off since Saturday, so decent rest here. Tatum still out for Boston. Carson Edwards out. Uh, on the Philly side, looks like we've got everybody back in, and being yeah. Curry back. Um, so let's start with Boston here. Are we going to lock in Jalen Brown? You know, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I'm so disillusioned with that performance Sunday. I mean, what this, what this uh, absence has been with Tatum proves that he is one of the MVP type candidates of this league because Boston is just lost without him. I mean, he does everything. He handles it. He delivers it. He rebounds it. He scores it. 
I mean, they are lost without him and just look pretty disheveled. And and Philly's defense is tough. Philly's fourth in the league in defense, and they have their full plethora back today. Boston's 14th, and then you have the pace of play 19 for Boston. Philly's played fairly quick at, at fourth, which gives you some hope in this game. But Philly's favored by five, and it is, like you mentioned, I think the lowest total on the board at 218. So, I, you know, Jalen's expensive, and I, I do think he'll get a lot of shots up. But Danny Green can defend. Ben Simmons can defend. And then they bring Thibel off the bench who can really defend. So it's I don't think Jalen, this isn't a, a picnic game for him. Uh, and I think they may have a little bit of tough sledding uh you know, scoring the ball just like they get in, uh, did against the Knicks. So I'll I'll hand this one right back to you. I'm not paying up for Embiid. I think all the new sharing, I would, you know, as great as Shake Milton's been, you know, now you've got Curry back. What happens to Maxi? There's a lot of shuffling. Philly's got some great depth, and they're a dangerous team. But I don't see any DFS targets here because I don't quite have uh, the confidence to to push the Jalen Brown button, who would be the only button I'd push. Interesting. Uh, I am going to push the Jalen Brown button. I agree. It's not going to be a picnic, but I think at 8,300 on FanDuel, especially he, you know, with the usage, uh, I, I think he should get there. Um, so I, I feel strongly about him. I don't feel strongly about anybody on Philly. Uh, I think with Curry back, that takes away all the attraction to Shake and Maxi. Tobias Harris is at a buy low price on DraftKings at 7,200. He hasn't paid off that price tag in five straight games. Wow. But he'll turn it around eventually because he can really fill up the stat sheet. I don't think I'll go there today, but wouldn't surprise me if uh, you know he surprises folks with uh, finally paying off his salary again. All right, game four, we've got Detroit and Atlanta. 7.30 tip. Total here, 2.20.5. Atlanta favored by five at home. Their injury news here is on the Atlanta side, Trey Young probable with the heel. Uh, DeAndre Hunter probable with the knee. And Gallinari continues to be out. Anybody like reddish? Do we have reddish news? Reddish is questionable. Yeah, he's the guy that I'm I'm not sure about, uh, which, you know, we need to get that news on. You know, I again, I, I've said this multiple times. I think Detroit is really uh, not a strong team whatsoever. Um, r- right now, they're 25th in defense and 23rd in pace. So it's hard to ever really want to jump on Detroit game and stack it up. I will say, you know, Atlanta has moved all the way up to eighth in defense and then they're ninth in pace. So they're, you know, even though their record hasn't shown they're six and seven, um, they're getting there and Detroit at three and 10, you know, they could be a patsy. This could be one of those smash spots for Atlanta. I don't think the line's big enough at five, by the way. Um, I would put a few nickels on the Hawks here. Um, you know, Trey young is always, into in consideration he did have a, a, an improved game but if you look at his numbers across the board compared to last year they're down his percentages and everything are pretty much down so it's hard to pay up that high the guy that's been a super stud 
and I've had him the last couple of games, and he's 8x uh, all two or three times, is, is DeAndre Hunter. But here's – I'm fading him today, and it's because he's going to get Jeremy Grant defense. And I've got to say I dogged the Pistons for signing Grant to that kind of a big contract. He's the best player on the Pistons. He's playing his tail off. He's scoring, defending. He blocks shots with the best of them, man. He comes out of nowhere and blocks everything. So, uh, you know, I like Grant um, and I like Hunter, but I think against each other, they're both good defenders. I'm not going to go there on either side because Grant's price is so high. Um, I skinned by with Griffin last time at like 5.001x. So, and I had to, you know, grit my teeth and watch every rebound. I hope that bounced his way. He's been okay, but I just, you know, I don't think in this matchup it's the best matchup for him. Uh, and really, other than that, on the on the Atlanta side, you know, Clint Capella has been fantastic. He's he's getting a ton of rebounds like he always does, finishing shots at the rim. But you know, I I respect Mason Plumlee's defense. He'll probably get in some foul trouble, but I don't think it'll be a free pass uh, for Capella like it's been in the last couple of games. And, you know, I respect John Collins. You know, I never play him because his price is so high, and I'm always in fear of that dud game, which he does throw in there once in a while. So uh, complete pass for me, sir. I apologize for not having anybody that jumps out, but I just don't see the combination here with uh, the numbers uh, that they're at to, to really be fired up to roster anybody. Okay. Well, I am excited about one guy from this game, uh, depending on the news. If Cam Reddish is out, then I'm excited about Kevin Herter here. And this is potentially the biggest price disparity of the season. He is 9,500 on DraftKings today and 5,500 on FanDuel. (laughs) You got to be kidding me. He is more expensive on DraftKings than Trey Young. He's 9,500. Trey Young's 93. That's got to be a mistake. Well, that's what it is. I mean, they 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 changed his price after he started that last game and he put up 17, 6, and 8. He took 16 shots to Trey Young's 8. Uh, I mean, they've priced him in case they priced him at that spot in case Trey Young doesn't play. Yeah, because if he's going to run the show and everybody else is out, uh, he's way more valuable than fifty five hundred on Fanduel. He's not ninety five hundred on DraftKings, no. but you know maybe somewhere in the middle if everybody's out. If, but, if you roster Herder at ninety five hundred, you you have been drinking a little bit of the secret sauce. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Right, but fifty five hundred, absolutely. If he's yeah. going to start and Reddish sits, I'm with you. So that, that's where I'm looking there. Uh, and I'm going to pass on Hunter and Grant as well because they're guarding each other. Uh, perfect analysis there. If you need a, a GPP value on DraftKings, you could look at Derrick Rose, 5,400, or Wayne Ellington, only 3,600. Last two games as a starter, he's had 26 and 28 minutes. He took 11 threes last game and made seven of them. And this, of course, is because Killian Hayes is out. So the whole rotation has changed. So uh, I'll GPP tell you, people's... Wayne Ellington's DFS career has been littered for five years of burning people. He'll score 30 real points, 27 real points, and then one. Yep. So just buyer beware with Mr. Wayne Ellington. GPP only. Yes. Game five, coach. We've got Miami 
against Toronto. This is no longer the battle of U.S. versus Canada. It is a Florida battle Florida this year. Battle. Interstate. Unreal. So we've got a, another 220 total. Toronto favored by four. The news on Miami is massive because yes. Butler, Bradley, Leonard still out. Hero questionable. And then Dragic probable. Game, Game Vincent also probable. Uh, I don't see any big news on the Toronto side other than that they've waived Alex Len. So even more of an open lane for Mr. Boucher. So in the battle yeah, of Florida, And all you guys that, that shot me text saying, well, why are you playing Boucher? Baines is starting. Come on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> starting and playing like 10 minutes. It, not so, even. Yeah. Uh, in the battle of Florida, are you going to be rostering anyone? You know, I, we have to have the hero news. I mean, that it's that simple. I mean, and I, it sounds like he's literally 50-50 whether he's going to play. Um, you know, if he plays, then I really don't, I'm not interested because I think Hero, Dragic, and Vincent share some time. If he doesn't play, I, I think Dragic has to be considered. I mean, you know, Toronto's backcourt, Lowry and Van Vliet, they get after it, though. So it's not going to be a plug-and-play because Dragic isn't that cheap. So, you know, I'm not leaning that direction, but you still need the news there. Uh, really, you know, Bam is playable. He's always playable. Uh, his price is high, but, you know, he, he will certainly uh, be able to play decently against Baines or Boucher. So I, I think Bam is on my radar and a possible play. Um, on the other side of the ball, you know, I I look I, I can't help but to consider Siakam. I know he's not played perfect basketball, but he's in the top five in the league of having the ball in his hands for the amount of time on, on the possession clock. So, in other words, he is either going to shoot it, which he normally does, pass it, have a chance to give and go for an assist, whatever the case may be, his DFS point side is pointed up, up, up. So... Siakam is the consideration here for me. Um, you know, I, I, can I fit him price-wise? Uh, he does have multiple uh, forward position and uh, availability on DraftKings, which gives him a little bit more chance to make the lineup. But really, other than Bam and Siakam, um, Boucher, I think, has been a phenomenal play. And I paid up like crazy for him last time, but his price has gotten to be a little bit rough to swallow at this point, even though he's been smashing it every game. Uh, I wouldn't, I don't blame you for going there. I'm just not going to go up to that number on this kind of a slate. It was easier last time because I think it was a three game or four game slate. But for me, uh, I'm going to try to finagle Bam and Siakam or one or the other in some of my lineups, but that's pretty much it for me in this game. Okay. Yeah, Bam is a, He's also on my radar, a tiny bit pricey. Uh, I'm not really interested in Siakam here. I just don't like that he's not dominating with rebounds. You know, a little bit too much floating around on the perimeter, and he'll show up and score some points. But, you know, Boucher is just, he's the yeah, guy he's... that's coming in and getting all those rebounds. So yeah. uh, on DraftKings at 7,300, I think Boucher is somebody you could play, but he's not my first target today on this big slate. I think Lowry's a decent price, mid-7,000s on both sites. He's been stepping it up. Uh, Fred Van Vliet kind of taking a step back here recently. 
And then on the Miami side, if Hero is out, I think Dragic's price is fine, especially on FanDuel, only 5200 And then uh, Kendrick Nunn on DraftKings is only 4000 He played 34 minutes last game without Hero. So there's a, a value play you could go. And if you really want to go stars and scrubs, here's another GPP play that you will absolutely love, Coach. Mo Harkless. Okay, if he starts... <laughs> last game he got 30 minutes so again if he starts wait for those lineups if you want to go with a GPP a guy that uh, just needs 6x give you 18 points uh, then that's one way you can get there and you know I want to mention real quickly because I skipped uh, I apologize but just so everybody knows it's a 220 total Toronto by as favored by four the defensive efficiency here, Miami 24th, but they've had their whole team out. Toronto's 13th. If you notice, I told your nurse, he's never had a team in the bottom half defensively. He, they've gone from 24th all the way up to 13th in the last week. And the pace is decent. Miami 14 and Toronto 10. You know, this could be a game where maybe you do need two or three fellas uh, from this game. It could be maybe one of the sneakier games on the slate. Definitely, if, if those guys are out, like Hero. Yeah. All right, second half of the slate. Let's get to the 8 o'clock game. It's Orlando-Minnesota, 219.5 total. Orlando favored by 3.5 on the road on BetUS. And the news here, we've got Michael Carter-Williams and Mo Bamba out. Fournier, doubtful. And then on the Minnesota side, Cat is out. Rubio is out. Okogi is probable. Um, so I'll start with this one and there's a couple prices on Orlando. I think you could look at, you know, Aaron Gordon is cheaper on FanDuel. He's coming off that monstrous game against New York. He's hit the seven K mark now. So a little, little bit tougher, but you look at the guys on the other side, you know, they are inexperienced here with cat out. We're going to have Vanderbilt and Nas Reed most likely as the starting bigs. And Vanderbilt is really active, um, you know, lengthy. You know, he couldn't, he can be a pest defensively. But Gordon, um, you know, I think is probably my favorite option potentially on Orlando. If you look at this game as a whole, again, Minnesota, 26th in defense, and they are really bad without Cat. Uh, and they're still fast, they're seventh in pace. Yeah. So, uh, that's an option. Vuk, I was glad to see him under 9,000 on DraftKings. So 8,600 is is uh, a fair price for him. Again, going against Nas Reed. And then I don't think you need to get there, but if you you know if you don't like Mo Harkless and you really need somebody 3,500 or less, you could go with James Ennis at small forward. He uh, he got 24 minutes last game up, so his minutes are kind of ramping up with all these other guys out. So that, of course, would be dependent on Fournier missing again. Cole Anthony, to me, uh, really more of a GPP play, even at his price, uh, just inconsistent. He's he's had a, a couple big games, but then two for 12 shooting again last time. So uh, tough to trust. On the Minnesota side, Vanderbilt would be the type of guy I would consider as a value play with Cat out if he starts but there's some other guys in that price range I like better today, so I'm not going to go to Vanderbilt. Uh, D'Angelo Russell is a guy that I'll look at. 
especially on FanDuel, 8,400. You know, he's running the show there. It's him and Beasley taking all the shots, but Beasley is a little bit too expensive for me. So uh, you could you could look at Russell, but that that's about it on the Minnesota side for me. Interesting. Um, you know, this, uh, as you mentioned, you know, defensively, these two teams are not good right now. I mean, they're both, they're in the bottom third. That gives you some interest. Minnesota does push the ball, so it's a pace-up game for Orlando. Orlando's 21st now. They were like 28th before, so they're picking it up a little bit. The spread is close enough that I think this game, you know, is is rosterable, and I think a lot of this game goes overlooked. But I have my second foundational player to go along with Mr. Sabonis. Would you like to take a crack at it? Uh I think it's got to be Russell or Gordon. It is not. It really? is Mr. Vukovic. The okay. fact that he's sub 9,000 is a steal. I mean, he has been everything this year to that team. Minnesota gets hammered by centers anyway. Reed having to come out and guard him. Vuk's been knocking threes down. He's taken four and a half threes per game as a center attempts. And he's finishing everything inside. He's rebounding everything. I just think that that he's at that price uh, is a steal. I mean, I can't believe he's below nine thousand for the usage and the production that he's put out there. You know, when with Fournier and and Michael Carter Williams and all those guys that are out, they all take usage and shots, and a lot of that has been funneling to Vuk and Gordon. So I, I get that, but I just like the way. Vuk settles into this game against a Minnesota team that really doesn't have a legit, legit center right now. They're playing Reed and rotating some guys in at that spot. Orlando needs to win. If I'm not mistaken, at one point they were six and four. Now they're six and eight. So I believe they lost at least four, maybe five games in a row. So they need to win. Minnesota, it doesn't get much easier than Minnesota. They are in that bottom three or four teams in the league at three and nine. So I'm going to, you know, I love the Sabonis Vuk one, two punch for the bigs. They're going to be making most of my lineups. And then for a correlation play on the other side, I I had, I rostered Malik Beasley last game. And I watched a lot of that game. He couldn't get a break. Every bounce went the wrong way. One ball bounced off his knee. The other guy saved it off his foot. He missed a layup. I mean, it was just like a comedy of errors. He just couldn't get it to go, but he was getting the attempts, certainly getting the usage. I mean, he takes, I think, on a given day, the most shots of anybody on this team, you know, when D'Angelo's passing the ball a little bit. But I I really like him here. I know his price is high, which I don't mind just in the fact that I think it'll keep his ownership down and he came off a bad game. This could be a spot. And I'm hoping if I roster Beas- Beasley that I get him at like eight, eight to ten percent ownership, and he he does he goes ham, you know, eight nine x on that salary, which he can do, uh, you know, and they're going to need him to do uh, to to stay in the game with Orlando. So I'm with you though. If if I can't fit his price, D'Angelo Russell is also, um, you know, a, an option here. Cole Anthony gets after it, but he's a rookie. And Russell's going to get some shots up. So pretty cut and dry for me in this game. I don't want any of the other what I call uh, undesirables. We'll go back to that term. You know, please don't roster 
in cash games, especially Bacon, Ennis, Vanderbilt. These guys, you know, keep them for your GPP shots uh, and and go from there. That's my opinion. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, Phoenix and Houston. Next game on the slate. The news with Phoenix. We've got Dario Saric, Damian Jones, Jalen Smith out. Cameron Payne is questionable. On the Houston side, John Wall and uh, Daniel House are out. Sterling Brown questionable with the leg issue. What do you have here? This game has really been the game I've spent the most time on of all of them because I just can't get comfortable with what I want to do in this game. You know, Phoenix is a five and a half point road favorite, and we know Wall is still out. It's a 221 total, but, you know, you've got a 16 and a 15 defensive rating, just average. You know, Pace, Orlando, uh, I'm sorry, Phoenix 29, Houston 8 sort of evens itself out. It is a pace-up game for Phoenix, but that's skewed a little because Wall's not playing. Some of that pace, you know, was with different guys on the floor. So I just don't feel like I have a good concrete feel for this game. You've got, of course, uh, a, a terrific first game for Oladipo. He played point, basically, and and crushed it. You know, does he step right back into it against a Phoenix team that, uh, you know, hasn't been playing as well? Suns are seven and five. Rockets are four and eight. You know, is this a blow up season for Houston? You know, is Oladipo just playing for the next contract or to get traded? I don't I think there's a lot of questions to ask in Houston. Now, once they get Wall back and a healthy cousins off the bench, you know, with Gordon and Wood emerging as a star, you know, and those glue pieces like Tucker and stuff. I mean, I could see them possibly uh, trying to get an eight spot in the playoffs, but, you know, not likely. So I'm just interested to see how Oladipo returns in this second game. You know, he was pumped the first game. Is he going to show those numbers again? His price is so, so... So, you know, I think he's in consideration. Um, Christian Wood has been phenomenal. I mean, almost like every game, uh, consistency-wise. His price has also gone, you know, haywire as well, though. So not sure um, on that side of it. Aiton has shown consistently, and you brought it up a few days ago, and you're right, his his ceiling has been limited. He just he only does a certain amount, and then you're not going to get a whole lot more from him. Um, you know, if Chris Paul guards Oladipo, that's another reason to possibly not play Oladipo because Paul will bother him. Um, you know, the, I guess for me, the best option in this game, and, and he's been fairly low owned and people haven't really been going to him is Devin Booker because he's expensive, but this just, I have that sense. This is the kind of game he drops 40 real points. This could be, you know, a op- wide open enough game where he gets some really good looks at the hoop. He's my favorite in this game, but I'm very undecided. Okay. I still don't trust any of the big three for Phoenix. I'm not I'm not going to go with Paul or Booker or Aiton. You know, he just took advantage of that Memphis defense uh, yeah. last game without without Joe Val. Um, and, and, you know, Booker has a hard enough time getting 40 fantasy points, let alone 40 real points. I know. So... Um, I, I just can't do it on a big slate. 
I think it's a value play or nothing from Phoenix. Bridges is one of those small forwards that is in consideration. He's on the high end at 5,700. Yeah. You know, he's shooting at 45% on three-pointers this year. A really, really nice uh, profile there for a guy that can get you a, a block, a couple steals. Much improved. Your boy Cam Johnson started last game uh, yeah. at 23 minutes. He's on the low end of a small forwards that you might look at at 4,300. Uh, the question just how many minutes is he going to get? You know, with, right. with Jay Crowder, it's a bit of a split. So mm-hmm. probably won't go there. So I probably won't play anybody from Phoenix. I'm more likely to get either Oladipo or Gordon from the Houston side. Oladipo, you know, I agree. I don't think it's probably going to be quite the same game as he had against Chicago with guys like Chris Paul and maybe Bridges switching on to him. So Gordon, to me, uh, is the uh, is the other guy to look at? I think he's pretty solid here. Uh, he got a bunch of shots. You know, the question is, does he do enough else? And with Oladipo, like you said, basically running the point, uh, it's it's not it's not a it's not a situation I'm thrilled about. But I think it's a pretty solid value. So I I probably have Gordon in some lineups. And then Wood for me only on DraftKings. You know, way too expensive on FanDuel now at almost 10,000, but I like 8,400 on, on DraftKings. Who'd believe Christian Wood would have a DFS salary of 10 grand. He couldn't even get in the game for the Pistons. He right. was a vagabond around the league for a while. And, uh, and now he's, you know, one of the most expensive players. It's a terrific story. Show you. Yeah. You it's just need the assumption. opportunity, man. That's it. You got it. All right. San Antonio, Golden State. They start off the, Trio of 10 o'clock Eastern tips. And this is one of the higher totals here. 227 and a half. Golden State favored by one at home. Coming off that come from behind victory against the Lakers. They, like we said, are on the front end of the back-to-back. They're going to host the Knicks tomorrow. We've got Wiggins questionable with a knee issue. That's pretty big news here on this slate. Yeah. And everybody back on the San Antonio side. So... Um, higher total here, coach, will you roster anyone from this game? You know, this is another one, you know, these two were where I got stuck. I mean, let me ask you this. If Wiggins doesn't play, do those minutes go to Poole or Pascal or, um, Damian Lee? Is that the other guy? Yeah, it's probably Lee or Pascal, right? I think Coach Kerr is one of the toughest to predict in a situation like this about who's going to start. I was thinking about it this morning. I think Lee is a possibility. I think Bazemore is a possibility. I think Juan Toscano-Anderson is a possibility. He hasn't been in the rotation the last couple games, but he started earlier in the season. So I think think it's likely one of those three guys. I think they probably saved Pascal for the bench. You know, he was their best scorer off the bench against the Lakers. Yeah. So even though he's starter worthy, I think they probably go with one of those more, uh, you know, quicker wing guys. Okay. Um, yeah, it makes that makes it even more muddy, you know. But it's again, you know, a, a two twenty-seven and a half with a one-point spread. It makes you want to play it. You think the key guys are going to get the minutes defensively? San Antonio is all the way up to twelfth. Golden State seventeenth from a pace standpoint. San Antonio, respectable 17, sort of middle of the pack. Golden State's third, so you know they're going to push it. So, you know, it really comes down to who's going to absorb the minutes and usage here. You know, Curry is a big pay-up guy. 
He certainly at times is very rosterable. He's also had stretches this season where I think he's feeling the heat because he doesn't have any uh, real additional scores with him, especially when Wiggins isn't out there uh, and, and, you know, has a little bit lower percentage on some of, of his uh, games this year. But, you know, he's got to be considered if you think this game stays close and, and is a pretty high uh, pace and uh, score. Um, Kelly Oubre showed some signs. Now, the last game I saw him splash a three. I also saw him shoot an absolute dead duck air ball three. So I don't really trust his outside shooting to this point. But again, he does so much else. He's always rosterable at that price to me because he's going to get some steals, some blocks, some rebounds. You know, he's a spectacular leaper, jumper, dunker, too. So he's going to be around the ball. Draymond Green, you know, I I, I took him because he was dirt cheap. He, he remains cheap. He did squeal out a 5X for me, barely. But, again, it's it's so difficult when he gets the ball three and a half feet from the basket with nobody right up on him, and he won't shoot it. He still kicks it to somebody for three. So I'm a little bit scared there. Weissman shocked me last game. He didn't play that much, like 18 minutes, I believe. And – I thought he was really coming into his own. So not sure what that's all about. Uh, why, you know, maybe he didn't like he, what he did defensively or something. So he played Looney a little bit more. So, you know, for me, Ubre's in play. Curry, if, if that's going to be a pay-up, if I don't go Booker or somewhere else like that. And then on the San Antonio side, it's very interesting here. I mean, you, you've got a lot of playable guys in a pace-up game like this. You know, I could see he's too expensive, but I could see somebody wanting to play Murray. Certainly the two veterans, DeRozan and Aldridge, Aldridge had a, is coming off a great game. Uh, in, in a particular scenario like this, if it's close and high scoring, they're both going to get the ball. And, you know, DeRozan's uh, originally from California, not from Golden State area, but that's more his neck of the woods. So I favor him a little bit here. And then there are games where Keldon Johnson has been really spectacular and paid off 7-8x with that medium price that he has. But for me, I'm leaning DeRozan, Oubre uh, on each side, maybe Curry if that's going to be a play up, a pay up spot. And, uh, you know, but you got Pop. He rotates guys. Even though Murray's been great at point, Patty Mills has been getting a lot of minutes and scoring as well. So, a little bit of buyer beware here, you know, but you do have the Spurs eight and six, Warriors somehow seven and six, which is pretty amazing uh, with all the problems they've had. Uh, interesting game, man. I'm, I'm really excited to hear your take. Well, I think it is complete buyer beware on San Antonio for me. I'm not going with anybody on that side. Uh, even though it is a good game environment, I just can't trust which guy is going to step up. I, I mean, you'd think it would be Murray or DeRozan. But I don't want to pay those price tags and get a 30 dud. You yeah. know, the only guy I would consider rostering is Pirtle on DraftKings only at 3,900. You know, that that's a value for me because he's been getting 20 plus minutes. Uh, you know, he's 5,300 on FanDuel, so that that's a potential value play. But I, I don't think I'm going to go there on the Golden State side. I also don't want to pay up for Curry. I, I like a lot of the cheaper guards on this slate, but I will look at Ubre. He's he's my primary target here, along with Draymond. 
both in play for me on both sites in the mid 5K range. I loved Ubre's energy last game against the Lakers. That's what's inconsistent for him. He's a guy who'll just mope around and, you know, jog around and do nothing. But he was getting in people's faces, yeah. you know, like celebrating his three-pointer. He got a technical. You know, the 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 risk is that he goes off and he yeah. picks up a couple technicals. But I'd rather play him if he's going to be energetic and passionate and get a couple blocks and a couple steals like he did in that game. And you can overcome an average shooting night from the perimeter if he's using that athleticism like you talked about. So I, I like Oubre a lot here. Draymond, he gave us that 7-8-9 game, one of those classic lines from him. And it was nice. You know, he hit a three-pointer in the first half. And I was excited to see that because I was rostering him as well. And if you just get close to 10 points from him and he doesn't foul out or, you know, get a couple technicals also. I'll then tell you, though, man, I, he was the shape. only guy I had in late game. And it it's nauseating watching him at times. I, I actually turned the game off. I couldn't take it. I turned it off after. It's I mean, like he, he can get the there. But it's it's like such pain. It's so painful. It is. Uh, so oh, that's well, it. One last thing, not to interrupt. It is the, and we mentioned it earlier, but it is the first night of a back-to-back for Golden State. So just something to be aware of for Curry specifically you know, if, if the game gets a little touchy, uh, maybe he doesn't get those extra five, six-minute run. Yep. And again, keep your eye on the news with Wiggins because that, that's going to make me want to roster Ubre even more if he's out. I might, go, I might consider Damian Lee if he's going to start. I mean, he puts up fantasy points per minute if you know, as a real, real cheap play. Now, it's a little risky, but something to consider. All right, two games left. Then we've got the two brains are better than one lineup. Beautiful. Uh, real quick here, um, if you want to grab our lineups, uh, follow the news with us, then there's two ways to do it. Just go straight to our website, dfscoachtalk.com. Pick up the membership there. We've got that 149 special. We'll take you all the way through April 1st. It's all access, even though it might have an NBA name on it. You get access to all of our lineups in every sport. So you got the rest of the NFL playoffs. you got golf, baseball when it starts. So DFSCoachTalk.com, if you're into sports betting, grab that BetUS.com.pa offer. If you can make your first deposit there, make it 149 Use the promo code COACHTALK, all one word. Then let us know that you've done that on Twitter. You can find us at DFSCoachTalk. You can also let us know if you have any questions there. But either way, we'll send you an email. That'll get you into our Discord. And we give out our lineups about 20 minutes before tip-off once we've digested and analyzed all the news. All right, coach. <clears throat> Kings and Clippers. The other, the, the next ten o'clock tip-off, out on the West Coast. Biggest total on the board here, two thirty-two. But the Clippers are big favorites, ten and a half. These teams played last week, and it was a blowout. The Clippers won one thirty-eight to one hundred at Sacramento, and so that's the risk here: is do they do it again? Do the big guys get the full minutes? Paul George played thirty minutes in that game. Kawhi Leonard didn't even get to 30 minutes. So I'm very hesitant to play either of those guys, even though it's a primo matchup. Kings have good pace and they're 30th in defense. And Clippers have had a slower pace this year because they've been passing it so much, but they are the number one team in terms of offensive efficiency. So that's why you get this high total. And if you if you really want to get uh, some of your significant dollars spent here, you've got to hope that it stays, stays close. 
If I'm going to pay for anybody on the Clippers side, it would be Paul George on FanDuel at only 8500 I like that price tag. Um, we've got Lou Williams questionable. If he's out, you could look at one of the other guards. Pat Beverly is a fair price. Luke Kennard is still a decent price off the bench. Uh, and then with the bigs, I'm not going to go there. We've got Ibaka back into the lineup. On the Sacramento side, this is where I'm a little bit more interested here. I really liked how... In that last game against New Orleans, these Kings played big minutes. Fox played 39, Barnes 41, Holmes 42, Bagley 36, healed high 30s. You know, we've had a lot here in the last year plus of just mixed minutes, overcrowded rotations, you know, bigs playing 24 minutes and that's it. You know, four guys rotating. So all these guys are more attractive to me if they're going to get big minutes Bagley's only 5,600 on DraftKings. I think that's fair. Uh, but Fox here is, is the guy that I'm, I'm really looking at on FanDuel. Coming off 77 FanDuel points. And he's broke only this, 70. Yeah, and he's only 7,800. So you're looking at the 10x potential. And yes, he's got to deal with the Clippers, Beverly. And, you know, they're 22nd in defensive efficiency this year. So they're not quite clicking. And... Their talent, it it does make me hesitate, but I don't I don't know if I can pass him up at that price. What do you think? You know that is a very tempting price, and I think he'll be very highly owned. But I'll I'm going to save us some time here. I just you know I I'm avoiding this game. You know if it blows out like the other one did, you're going to get inconsistent minutes all over the board. And I love the fact that it's the highest total on the board. And it's a late game. So people are going to gravitate to saying, I need to have at least one or two guys from this game represented. And I don't think you do. So I am going to just simply for multiple reasons, which I won't go into here. I'm just going to pass this game. Hope it gets a little over owned and uh, and move on. Okay. Now, I do want to say one thing, though. Uh, if you're watching this right now on YouTube, Please, this is our big ask each show. Please hit the thumbs up, the subscribe button. That means a ton to us. And click the little alert button up in the corner, the alarm there. It will let you know when any of our podcasts post. And we have them seven days a week in NBA. We're also posting NFL and PGA right now uh, podcasts as well. So please do that. If you're listening to us audio-wise on iTunes, Spotify, uh, you know, uh, Apple Podcasts anywhere. Take a second, please, there when you can. Give a five-star, a little review. All of those things help us move up the list, and we really, really appreciate it. And again, we bring this NBA info to you on a seven-day-a-week basis, and uh, we just uh, ask you support us on those social media sites and uh, podcast sites. That's very important to us. And if you want to uh, contact us at any time, Throughout the day, if you're in Discord with us and are a member, then we're right there at our fi- at your fingertips. We are. I'm doing a lot of one-on-ones, just strategizing, digging in with people. It's been fantastic. We're talking a lot of bankroll management, contest selection, all the stuff that really matters. We're not just about giving out lineups and players. We're about the whole package to help you become a consistent DFS winner. of the people, this is a true statistic, have to reload and lose money playing DFS. And the other 13% have figured out more of a system. How does it work? 
you know, which contest do I play? How do, what should I enter? And we talk about all of that. And that is really key. And I can't emphasize it enough. So we look forward to getting you in here to do that. We had, uh, we were doing a lot of giveaways. We had two weekly winners that were announced by Joe Stanton and Tyler Pitzer yesterday. I want to give them a quick shout out. C underscore Chach, uh, I believe is how it's pronounced. So hello to you for sure. Uh, great to have you in there. And at Jack Napier 7, uh, two new folks that won our contest and we just love having them in there. And then we're getting a big wave uh, lately of NBA guys that were in there with us before. Uh, and now that NBA's played a little bit, uh, they're coming back in. And one yesterday, uh, Wayne who uh, was with us, and we're thrilled to have him back. And then the last thing I'll say, Andrew, is uh, if you want to, you know, you're not a member and you want to get a hold of us, Twitter, at DFSO Coach Talk, you can reach any of us. I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Andrew is at Language Olympic, and Shane is at D-E-T Sports Shane. Back to you, Mr. Hansen. All right, last game here before we build our lineup on FanDuel. We've got Memphis and Portland, and perhaps this is why you didn't want to invest in the Kings and the Clippers game, because you want to save some money for this one. Correct. Two, 222 total, Portland favored by one. Big news here, we've got Joe Val out. Yes. And, of course, Jaw is back in. And on the Portland side, if you missed a game or two, Nurkic is out and C.J. McCollum is out. What do you have here? You're going to spend some money. Where is it going to go? You know, it, it's hilarious, but uh, nothing is more funny than DFS. The guys we rank and talk to on certain days compared to how we thought of them a couple of weeks before, and I'll explain. My first guy in every lineup today, Xavier Tillman. <laughs> I didn't even know who the hell Xavier Tillman was two weeks ago, I don't think. But this guy has come in starting at center with Joe Val out, and he smashed it every time. He's He rebounds. He can shoot it. Uh, he's active. He gets blocks. I really like this kid. I'm so happy he's getting the opportunity to play, and they haven't adjusted his, his pricing. So Xavier Tillman, lock and load. I think Brandon Clark certainly stays in play in this game uh, just because those are the two guys that are dominating everything in the paint with Joe Val out. I do love this game. It, that 222 total in Portland favored by one, you got to love. Memphis is third in the league now in speed. They're getting, they're getting up and down. the. I'm sorry, 18th in speed. They are uh, improving and getting up and down the floor quicker. Portland's now just out of the top 10 at 11th. As we know, they push the ball even with McCullough Bound. Defensively, Memphis is third, but that was with Joe Val. I think you're going to see that shrink a little bit. And we know Portland doesn't defend. They're 27th. Their backcourt's poor defensive. Now they have Canner at center, poor defensive. So they, you know, it brews for a game that I think John Moran is probably a great point guard payup here. He looked fine in that last game. He looked healthy. I love him. And then on the other side of the ball is Lillard. So, you know, again, I know we've suggested some more expensive guys, but I would love to have the the uh, Morant-Lillard balance on both sides would be terrific. Maybe with a, a good value, play Tillman in there. Um, I'm not going Canner. I'd say beware a little there. I saw 
his minutes, you know, shrink a little bit. They played a few other folks. It seems like whenever Cantor gets a starting position, and I'm talking about multiple teams now, Thunder, Knicks, wherever he's been, when when somebody gets hurt and he gets put into that position, everybody thinks he's just going to go bananas. And there's something, either he, they statistically, there's something or whatever takes place. But whenever he gets over like 24, 25 minutes, his production just tanks. It's either that or these teams can't accept the defensive inequities that he has uh, inside in the paint. So beware a little bit on Canner. Still don't trust Covington completely. I know we try to sneak him in value-wise, but he hasn't completely been consistent at all. Um, the other value play I'll mention real quickly here because he paid off for me last time, but it's a risk. And I don't know on this big of a slate if you have to go there, but if you need value, Rodney Hood has been announced as the starter again for McCollum. He's going to get the minutes. So I love I love this game. I like Morant. I love Tillman. Clark I like. Lillard I think is, is probably the safest uh, guard play on the whole board. And I think you can actually look at Hood if you really need value. Okay. Yeah, I like Hood only on DraftKings, though, at 3,800. Right. You know, at 5,000 on FanDuel, I think that's a little bit steep. Um, I think, okay. I also, I'm also going to fade Cantor. You know, he's just, I think he just loves coming off the bench and beating up on the backup center. Uh, And so it doesn't work out as well for him as a starter. Lillard, I think he's safe with his usage. I think he'll have a solid game. But I don't think he's the best investment here because he's at least 10000 on both sites. Yeah. And uh, today's just a little bit more of a balanced build for me. So okay. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go with John Moran on the other side, who I, I find it hard to believe he's 7000 oh, Wait, wait I, I, I'm getting a call. Uh, you're, you're looking for Andrew Hansen, the John Moran fan club president? Uh, hold on one minute. <laughs> I, could, I could be his agent, no doubt about it. You are. I, and you know what? Yeah. I agree with you today, though. Yeah. I agree. I'm, Glad he's back in the lineup. And yes, yeah, 7K <laughs> on both sites is, uh, I think it's a great value. And Tillman, I'm with you here. Lock him in on both sites. You know, 3,500 on DraftKings. Uh, if you're going to only play one guy in the 3K range, it is him. Ignore all the other uh, GPP guys I mentioned as as choices. They do not come before Xavier Tillman here in chalk, terms of value. Eat the chalk. It's eat okay. that chalk. It is okay. It's it's going to be tasty. <clears throat> All right, Coach, let's go to our lineup here on FanDuel. Let's build our two brains is better than one. We've had success with it. We've had fun. Um, yes, it cashed last time. Uh, yep. we, we roll it out there and some GPPs on FanDuel. Can I have the first pick? Sure. Xavier Tillman, 4,600 power forward. Boom. He's already locked into my lineup, so I'm, I'm happy with that. I am going to go ahead and lock in a center because I, I <gasps> don't love you do yep. that to me. I was going to take Sabonis. He's already nope. on my board. Nope. Don't want to okay. pay up for him. Um, almost 10 K for Sabonis. Um, he could give us 50 or 60, but I think Jordan at 4,800. Uh, I just Mike, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan at 4,800 as our center. Lock okay. him in. Oh, wow. You double crossed me. Yeah. All right. I am going to go, I'm going to go to, and just take him now so I can say I took him instead of you. John Morant, 7,900. Okay. Maybe I get, maybe you can mail me one of those 
fan club cards now. All right, will do. <laughs> All right, so now that we've saved on center, I'm going to go ahead and lock in Jalen Brown because it's 8,300. I think his value is better on FanDuel. Uh, no, it's not going to be a picnic, but I, I like him enough to to get him in our lineup. Okay, I can accept that. Um, he's small forward, right? On, Correct. Yeah. No, FanDuel. All right. I think it's time to spend a few dollars. And guess what? On FanDuel, Sabonis is a power forward. So I double-crossed you. Sabonis, 9,600. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, sorry. Well, let's see here. Now we're going to have to find even more value. There's a couple values up there already, so we're... We're 6,200 a player for our last four. That's good. All right. This guy is going to have to go away. I want to, we can still afford him. So I want to get De'Aaron Fox in here at 7,800. Okay. I respect that play. It does eliminate my Booker possibility, but that's okay. I accept it. That is too cheap for, for Fox. That's yep. that's a bit of a misprice, even if he had regresses from that other game. All right, so at shooting guard, we got to make a decision here. We can either try to jack up our numbers so that we can really afford somebody. I don't want to... I don't want to spend up here and put a cash strap for the last two picks. Promise me you won't take Kevin Herter, though. Oh, he's my next pick. No doubt about it. I could just no block it. it somehow. I don't like you it. You don't know you for sure it. that he's not playing, though. That's what. Ha that's called a pivot. Just like last time. you, you got to follow us on it. Twitter. If yeah, there's that's... injury news that changes anything, we're going to update this lineup for you on Twitter. Before, right around, uh, Right before tip, 15 minutes before tip. How good do we know each other, though, that we can predict our next picks out of every player in the league? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, if that's the case, and I can see that coming, I think I, I, you, you're not going to like this pick, though. Oh, but boy. I, I, I really like it, though. I like Malik Beasley at 6,600. Oh, no. How I could know. you? Well, you know, oh. it's called Herder Revenge. Sorry. It, it's, it allows us... If you take Herder, that gives us 4900 for our last spot. Oh, gosh. Don't be upset with Malik Beasley. He's going to smash. All right. Kevin Herter, 5500 shooting guard. Okay. Now we have a problem. I'm not seeing anybody. Yeah, it's a Malik Beasley problem. <laughs> 4900 or under just isn't going to be doable for no, me. No, because we would need 100 more for Rodney Hood. All right. I'm going to have to back out of the Malik Beasley pick here because he's 6,600, and I don't want to take a scrub at that spot. So I'm going to reconsider my selection and go down to Kelly Oubre at 5,400. Okay, excellent. That this gives us 61 for you. Terrific. 61. What's Who's in that range? Ooh, Tyler Hero, if he plays, it could be a good GPP option. Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart, Buddy Healed. Ooh, man, I don't I don't love those options. We're gonna have to go with Tyler Hero. 
and hope that he plays. Yeah. I mean, it's I, his... He has a sore knee. That's a little scary. But you know what? That's okay, because we don't know. This gives us the line. And this is the way you have to build. I mean, let's face it. It is COVID days. Anybody can be rolled in and out. Games can be canceled. You can't build a lineup at 1245, which it is right now, and expect it to, to hang in there. But you can right. build it to get something strong. So it gives us Morant and Fox, who we feel great about. Herder and Hero, we have to see the news on Hero. Jalen Brown and Kelly Oubre. Xavier Tillman and Sabonis and Jordan. So I like this lineup. If Hero plays, I, I do like it. Yeah, and if if we need to do a one or two man switch, you can catch uh, catch us in Discord. We'll also post it on Twitter for those that aren't members of the change. The uh, the two brains are better, but we don't have anybody that should lay an egg based on what we're expecting. So there you go. Two brains are definitely better than one. Can't wait to play it. So. We will we'll wrap it up here. Thank you all for joining us. It's been a lot of fun here on this 10-game slate. Coach, we'll be back solo tomorrow to get you ready for a much smaller slate. So uh, do tune in for that. Uh, and again, hit that alarm button on, on uh, YouTube so you know when that podcast posts. All right, on behalf of the coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. We'll see you next time as we look to crush it in DFS.